Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi. We've got a great guest on the show, a good friend and somebody who has done so much service for the world, haven't we? Yes, we have somebody that we've both worked very closely with who is really, really changing the world and helping so many families out there that have had loss. So we're talking today with Debbie Ford Dulavon. Debbie is the president of the board of directors for the Compassionate Friends. We work together on the board and serve together on the board. She has done so much for the organization. She has been involved in so many ways. She's been a regional coordinator. She's served on the board, as I said. Now she's the president of the board of directors for the Compassionate Friends. She was the chair for the Diversity Commission. Um, she has led the way in so many ways in, in trying to increase diversity in our organization and just be a leader and bring hope to so many mom. And you know, she started out on this journey after her six-year-old son, Dale Lee Dulaban III died. And at that time she was a full-time mother devoting her life to raising him. Um, since that time she has started, she has worked in his memory and served the Los Angeles Police Department and the Domestic Abuse Center and she is, where she is a victim ad advocate trainer. Um, she is doing a lot of service, and our show today is on finding joy again in service. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So great to have you on. We love you so much. You're just Thank you. such an inspiration to the world yeah. and everyone. And I do want to mention, this is very painful, Dale was your only child. Yes. And, and I know that there are so many people who just wonder how people go on and, and how they find joy again. And and I think you have uh, been through that trail and, and has, you've done so much to help other people. Thank you. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, it, didn't, it started out by accident. I was a full-time mom and it was the best job ever. Um, I thought I wanted to go back after I had him. I felt like I'm just gonna, you know, stay home for about six months and then, you know, I'll go back to work. Um, before I left the hospital, I don't remember this, and this is my husband's story, Dale's, Dale Jr.'s story, that I stated to him uh, one day he was walking out the hospital before we released, and uh, I said to him, um, I'm not going to go back to work, so you better figure it out, <laughs> you know, so we're going to have to live off one salary, and we just bought a house, so, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was uh, all of these things, and so he said he walked out, you know, with his head spinning, but I don't remember this, so this is his story, but I didn't, I never went back to work, um, I stayed home with Dale, um, he fulfilled me beyond means. It, it was just like the, he called, it was a mommy's job and that's the name he gave it. So in a mommy's job was being a mommy. Um, then at one time when he was about, I'll say about three years old, like, you know, I kind of thought like, maybe, maybe I'll go back to work cause he's in school. Maybe I'll just go for a little bit. And so um, he says, well, you know, I'm, you know, and Dale, my husband, and I were talking and he's, you know, playing on the floor with his trains and he goes, well, you can get a mommy's job. And I was like, well, what's a mommy's job? And he goes, well, you have to take me to school, take me to see my friends, uh, take me to the train places and pick me up at daycare, but I can't be the last kid. And so I said, well, that's kind of like what I do now. So then I thought like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay because I've already been given my instructions. So, and I am so glad that 
you know, I made that decision. Um, Dale made the decision. Dale decided to get an office uh, near our house so that, you know, he could work, you know, close by and then go out and see his clients so that, you know, he could come home and bathe him at night. So wow. being a mom is like the best thing, was the best thing ever. So um, mm. now, I just- However, mm -hmm. you are still a mom. I want people, I still, to, yes. people who are listening to know that you, you mm -hmm. are still a mom. Yes, I am just not the active mom I want to be, but that's why um, I will always answer to Dale's mom because that is the best name ever. So I'm just not the active mom I want to be, but I'm a mom. I'm always going to be his mom. And, you know, I love him more as every day passes by. And, and I don't know how that's possible because, you know, you think the person has to be here to love, but I love him more every day. I remember talking to Debbie and Dale and, and knowing that you were brought to your knees and feeling like my life has been destroyed. Yes. And I was, um, in that space and now see you as a, as a leader in so many places, including Compassionate Friends, it is a pretty unbelievable story. I was literally brought to, you know, brought to my knees. Um, yeah. My son was always considered healthy and his death was an instant thing that happened. Um, I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, I have to confess, you know, I didn't have a plan, but many days I thought about like, you know, getting on top of uh, my roof and jumping off head first. Cause I just didn't, you know, what am I going to do? What's my purpose? Uh, you know, I had a strong faith and God abandoned me. So I was just, I was a mess. If you can, any kind of mess, it, you know, I was a mess. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for um, about two to three, three years. We traveled a lot, but then after, you know, being at home, um, our house became like this mausoleum. It was so, you know, quiet and nothing. And I, I needed something. So I thought I'll, yeah. I'll go to the American Red Cross and see what I can do. So I went and um, I started volunteering two days a week, four hours, 10 to two. That was as much as I could do. And starting there because um, I had to get out of my head space. And that was the thing. I had to get beyond, you know, me. And then I realized slowly, you know, I'm starting to work five days a week. It allowed me to see that I could do things and there were other people and like doing something outside of yourself and getting out of that, you know, your head space of, you know, and, and trying to, you know, just sit your pain aside just for a minute or two made a difference and I needed that I needed to be able to do that then I realized that um this is a mommy's job now so I just um kept going at that and then there was a lady who came in one day looking for some help in regarding domestic violence which Red Cross doesn't um provide but they provide a, a card with numbers on it and I took the card and stuck it in my pocket and you know, tried to get into a class for a couple of years and, you know, it was always full. And finally they got tired of me and put me in the class. Like, you know, I registered like in, you know, like October for the July, next July class. And just going there and seeing that um, people, there's some people that are really hurting and they're not on this journey, the one that, you know, I'm on, but that didn't negate their pain. Their pain was really, really real. And if I could be a, you know, any kind of thing, an ear to listen, so if I could write the sentence for them or something. So it just became, then it became important to me. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, we discussed, you know, like, maybe I should get, a, should I get a job for pay? And Dale was like, you're not going to be happy. And he was right. So this is where, you know, my journey took me. And I've always believed we're not supposed, we're not here just for ourselves. You know, we're supposed to help people. I just didn't know it would come in, in this manner. So just... You know, one thing led to another and, you know, when you see people hurting, you know what it feels like. And so if you think like, well, if I could just, you know, be kind to them, 
they'll hurt a little bit less. And maybe, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm not thinking about my pain. So that's kind of cool. Like, you know, and, and believe you me, I have my days. Oh, I have my days where I have complete temper tantrums and I fall apart, but it's so much better helping someone. And I'm not, and I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight for some people, but just a little bit, you know, um, if you just go and I, I even say to people like go to Starbucks and sit down and talk to a lonely person. Ah, I love it. I like that. Just about the weather, the flowers, nothing serious. I, I like yeah. Debbie that you started out small. You went to the mm -hmm. Red Cross and started out small. Like you said, you can start out very small. You can go to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. How did yeah. you get involved with the Compassionate Friends? We knew about the Compassionate Friends because Steve okay. Parker, who's on the board, is a friend of ours. And his, okay. um, we knew them prior to um, being a part of Compassionate Friends. So his child, his daughter, Alyssa, died. So we knew about it. It is for parents, grandparents, and brothers and sisters who have had, suffered the loss of a child, a grandchild, or your brother and sister. Um, it is, you can be overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed walking in the door. There was a room full of people. My first thought was like, they're all here for the same thing. You know, this is not going to be good. And I was one of the people when they said, you know, you don't have to talk and you can sit for a couple of months. I couldn't get out of that building fast enough. <laughs> and swore, I am never going back there. And Dale went and we agreed like, you know, that we would allow one another to do what each needed to do. So he went back and then finally it's like, I needed a place to go because I was getting those questions about like, you know, you know, you can have another child and you know, you know, all these things and you know, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. Um, and you know, like, you know, aren't you over him yet? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, those kind of things. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I need to go someplace and, you know, Dale told me, like, it's, it's a safe place, and yeah, it's full of tears, and he goes, but there's some, there's some joy in some people have, and I was like, how can people be happy like that? But he goes, there is, he goes, they tell stories about their kids, and, you know, like, are their brother, or their sister, you know, their grandchild, and so I went back, and it took me a while before I started talking, but then I saw that, you know, you might think, that, like, this is kind of cool, like, you know, here's a place, these are my people, kind of like, this is my tribe, like, I belong here, and they extended their hands to me and you know their boxes of tissue to me and they encouraged me like you know to yay one of us is trying to you know one of us is you know making a move or you know so it was just the the compassion the tears the love the hugs the cookies the coffee all of those things that just it endeared me it's like you know this is a place i can go so then I became like, I need a compassion friend. I need one every day. I need a place to go every day for, you know, compassion friends to, you know, talk to people and, or just sit there and listen. Yeah. So it just became this life-saving place. It's like, okay, because I needed to be saved. Little Dale's paternal grandparents, they got involved because it was a place for them. They, you know, their friends didn't understand, like, you know, aren't you guys, you know, you should be, you know, Dale and Debbie look like they're doing better. Aren't you guys better? It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, they were smiling yesterday, like, you know, but they needed a place to go and, and they had no, no, you know, their contemporaries hadn't, you know, traveled that journey. So the Compassionate Friends was a place for them. So they got, at one point, they were more involved than I was. They were, you know, heavily involved, you know, they're still involved, but it was, it was the place for them and what they could find. So they learned some tools and things and it made their lives a lot richer. They're local chapters, but the national conference mm -hmm. is really, amazing and i would recommend anybody who's oh, so sibling loss isn't it fabulous heidi mm -hmm. it is it's it absolutely is the sibling program program is really strong yes it is. It is. 
growing, so, which I mean, yeah. which is sad, but great, you know, for the mm -hmm. support. Yeah. Um, my first conference was a regional conference in, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we decided, to, we just heard about it like, you know, I don't know how we heard about it, but decided we're going to go. And if we don't like it, we'll just leave and go to another hotel and relax. Um, there is the first time I met Darcy Sims. And I was a mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was a complete mess at this conference because I was thinking like, what are we going to do here? And when she told me to remember that he lived, yeah, a light bulb went off. Mm. That's powerful. And it's like, yes, it's because I was, I was stuck in like he had died and, and he's yeah. gone. I was stuck there. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of that. Like, you know, how, you know, this was horrible. But I forgot that he lived and the joy because just the pain took over. And I learned at that regional conference there. Um, our first, so we came back home, Dale and I, and we were excited and we told his parents, oh, you have got to go. Our first conference was in Salt Lake City. That was our first national conference. Mm -hmm. And it was an overwhelming, great experience, if that makes any sense. It was overwhelming, yeah. but everyone came together. Uh, the breakout sessions, the sharing sessions, the workshops, um, the information, and the places you got to vent and cry and learn things. Now tell yeah. us about how we find you or the Compassionate Friends online. www.compassionatefriends.org. Okay. That is the website address. Um, I am on there. My email address is on there. Um, my email address also is Dale's Mom, TCF, the Compassionate Friends, SC, Southern California at yahoo.com. I just want to say again, the Compassion Friends, it is life-saving. Uh, my mother has only been able to attend one conference, but she says in her daily prayers, she is grateful because it saved my life. And she said, I was afraid I was going to lose my daughter. And there's a train. I that know. That's the second time I've heard it. And it reminds me of little Dale because I know he loved yes. train. I feel train like it's expert. amazing. That I keep hearing this. I'm I like, know. Okay, it's like, a little oh sign, gosh. Debbie. A sign <laughs> your son. Seriously. So, Debbie, yes. what I'm really hearing from you is that your service is your mommy job now. Yes, it is. And, and I love that. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. So delightful. And thank you for all the wonderful service you're doing. Thank you. Thank so you for, I, you know, I got a chance to meet you you all. Like, this is great. I mean, the, in the pain, I made some great friends. And yeah, it is true. It's yeah. been amazing. And I love that little Dale said to you, you mom, you've got, mommy, you've got to help the people because yeah. you have certainly devoted your life to helping the people in his honor and in his memory. So thank you so much, Debbie, for everything you're doing. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I know that people that are watching this and listening to it are inspired by Debbie's story. If you feel yeah. like you're not going to get through it, just listen to this story and learn how Debbie has found it. It's been an amazing story. And Heidi and I want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.